friends, and welcome to the first episode of the CU Insight Network. My name is Randy Smith. I am one of the co-founders of CUInsight.com, also the host of the CU Insight Experience podcast, and it is my job on the CU Insight Network to have conversations with thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to look at some issues that are affecting credit unions, hopefully find out some best practices and pick their brains and see if we can't find a few nuggets that can make our credit unions better. My guest on today's show is Bill Gould. Bill is the, a senior vice president over at Securian Financial Group. He manages Securian's financial group's insurance, uh, as well as the financial institutions group. What does that mean? I do need to look down at my notes for this because it means a lot. He oversees sales, business development, financial management, strategic planning, marketing, compliance, and operations. And if that's not enough, he's also responsible for the financial institution insurance business in Canada. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I really appreciate the chance to be here today. Oh, yeah, I was I was looking forward to having you on because there's so much that that Securian does. But I'd like to start with a little background, let people get to know you. Most of us, you know, didn't grow up thinking someday we'd work with credit unions. Um, what did Bill want to be when he grew up? And, uh, you know, what was that career path to, to get to where you are today? Yeah, well, it's such a great question. And, I, you know, Randy, I'll tie it back to something you said. I think once you describe yourself as an explorer, right? <laughs> I, I would describe myself as a skill collector. So I really think that throughout my, my life, I've really tried to make sure that I collect skills and that, that's really served me well. But that, a little bit of the question that you, you might have been asking is, where did I think I would go? No one thought we'd end up in this business. It, it just kind of happens that way. And quite to the contrary, I'm the complete black sheep in my family. They're all jewelers. My dad, my brother, both uncles a grandfather, a great-great-grandfather. We have the little picture of my great-great-grandfather on the wooden sidewalk in the front of the jewelry store over 100 years ago. No kidding. A small town in, in Minnesota, yeah. Wow. So so how, okay, how'd the black sheep get to where you are today? <laughs> That's such a good question. So the thing I fell in love with uh, working with my dad's small business was, you know, accounting is really that language of business. Yeah. So I went to the University of Minnesota. I uh, studied accounting there. I also studied, I didn't want to be that typical one, talk about the skill collector, wanted to make sure I, I got a speech minor, so that way I could be better at communicating than what some of my peers would be. And then a uh, senior in college, I got an offer for an internship at this company called Minnesota Mutual in St. Paul, Minnesota. Didn't know really where it was, didn't know much about it, but the internship was a great opportunity. Versus some of my friends that were getting them at public firms, I got to work on premium taxes and a whole bunch of different responsibilities because someone was going to be on leave. So I took that job 25 years ago, Randy. It's hard to imagine. Yeah. And then my time in security, I stayed on through my internship. They kept me part-time through the rest of my senior year. They were converting from these management-based financials to US GAAP. And then a month before I graduated, they called and offered me a full-time job. Isn't that funny? I'll tell you, my internship led to a full-time job right out of college too. And it sounds like from how long you've been there? We're about the same age. So <laughs> uh, I actually remember the. I, I worked for Morgan Stanley right out of college and the branch manager called because I hadn't heard from him about a full-time position a month beforehand. So I started interviewing with other places and he heard through the grapevine I was interviewing. It was like, what? You don't like us? <laughs> and I was like, no, you never I, a job. I, like, I had the same experience where it was like starting yeah. to look and that's what a month before they're like, no, no, we want you to stay permanent. Yeah, so, like, Fantastic. <laughs> I started ahead. in the financial reporting team. Just a quick one. I started yeah. the financial reporting team, spent five years there. I did our GL, 
subsidiaries, worked my way up to be our US GAAP accountant. Then I jumped. At five years in, I went to mergers and acquisitions. Oh, and that okay. was when our last CEO decided what he wanted and didn't want in the portfolio. And this was my first experience. I supported our financial institution business when I was an accountant. But then in the mergers and acquisitions side, we've done a lot of acquisitions mm-hmm. in that financial institution space. And so it's part of the team that bought Allied, uh, CNL, which was a part of uh, One America, you know, uh, Balboa. So a lot of the blocks of business I got to work on in that role when our last CEO was deciding what he wanted in the portfolio. Oh, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> so, oh, it, was, you're, and it was great. It was, it was a time when I was, you know, I've got four kids. It was a time when I was doing that. Got my master's at that time. Then, then I jumped. Then I was the CFO for one of the other divisions at Security. Okay. So then I supported our retail products. So individual life insurance, our financial advisors, and our career broker dealer. Yep. Eventually, I took over all the actuaries, the product development. And then it was just five years ago, I guess six years ago now, I made the move into our financial institution business. So it came back to where I kind of started. It kind of full circle. It, it, exactly. This question I'm about to ask you, it seems like it's difficult because Securian does so much. But let's pretend the pandemic doesn't exist. You and I meet at a conference. Give me the elevator pitch. What, what does Securian do and how do you support credit unions? Yeah, it was such a good one. And since I've been there for a long time, you know how it is. You kind of you sometimes take it for granted. Yeah. The first thing I'll say is, you know, Securian's been around for 140 years. We're incredibly highly rated. We're actually a Fortune 500 company. Last year, we had about $1.3 trillion of insurance in force and served 21 million customers across North America. So we're really proud of that. And the thing that I love that's so similar to the credit union marketplace is we're a mutual holding company. So we're owned by our policyholders and our members. And so that real strong tie-in, we don't have to worry about quarterly profits going to the, the street. We're not publicly owned like that. And we're really committed to the financial institution marketplace. So we've been in that for over 60 years. Wow. And our CEO, Chris, you know, he actually grew up in that space. He actually came to us from Allied Solutions. So he has a lot of excitement. It's one of the reasons we've been so prolific in our acquisitions, including the expansion into Canada, which you mentioned that we did. Yeah, we are friends with the folks over at Allied Solutions. Pete was on the uh, the, the podcast a year or so ago. He's a good guy. <laughs> so, you know, as we were preparing for this conversation, we talked about a couple situations that are important to credit unions. You know, I'd like to start with that attracting and retaining members by having a variety of, you know, lending options. And it's tough to talk about lending and credit unions. And I think maybe even in this current environment, even more without talking about defaults and delinquencies. You know, in the current environment, what trends are you seeing, you know, in that area? Yeah, well, let's start with your first question, because I do think one of the things the credit union member or the credit unions really been focused on is how is it that we can grow membership? And we took the time last year to actually do a little bit of consumer research. So we, we ran a project that was really trying to understand what current members were looking for, what their advocacy was. We also tried to understand what some of the differences between the generational insights might be. And then finally, we wanted to really understand more about what their lending and protection needs were and some of the preferences. And some of the insights we gained were really interesting, especially in this time, as you mentioned, people are really focused on how do I find the monthly expenses? How yeah. do I make sure that I have enough saved? You know, how do I protect myself? And some of the standard things they had in the past aren't working so well. And that lends itself to what you talked about in the delinquencies. You know, we have record unemployment. And it's not just that. Over 40% of the people last year said they either lost their job or took a decrease in pay. 
And so you think about how important some of those lending opportunities that we have in the credit union space and then the protection we provide. And it, and it really came out in this research that we did. And it's a place that credit unions are so well placed to be able to help their members out. When did you say you did the research? Was this pre-pandemic or was this something you've been doing no. in the summer? Okay. So just no, kind of quick. We, did we, we looked at last year and we're like, there's never going to be a better understanding because, you know, consumer preferences were going to change. Yeah. I, I liken it to, you know, Randy, when we used to go to an airport before 9-11, <laughs> right. we had one set of expectations. <laughs> and then after that, it was like everything changed and we adapted. Absolutely. I suspect, I suspect the consumer will do much the same. You know, how much more will you shop online now? I how was just reading an article about like one of the biggest changes, not only for all of us, but for like seniors right now in using, you know, online grocery services and things they would have never thought of pre-pandemic. It's just changed the entire mindset, like what you're saying about how what we think is normal. And I've noticed talking to credit union CEOs, like, you know, online bill pay, things like that, that were remote deposit capture that were, they've been around for years, but the adoption went from 20% to 80% over the course of a month where they just couldn't get that before. So I I, I agree. I think we're going to see a lot of different things going forward, right? Or that becomes our normal, just like well, love your airport analogy. Yeah, you won't have to worry about the fact that how do I drive adoption? Like you said, it takes care of itself. Now, yeah. ours is to make sure that we can keep understanding where things are going. And the one thing that was important and that you kind of pulled this out there, for credit union members, what we found is it's really important that they continue to connect with members because that is a great source for new members. And in this environment in particular, because everything is changing and people are asking their friends and family, right, where should I go or what do I do now? Let me ask you, you know, something else that I found really interesting, and I wonder if how they tie together is this idea that it's also protecting the member from all these unexpected things that we're talking about right now. I hadn't heard that number that so many people had either, I, you know, I, I knew what the unemployment number was, but I, you know, it's also reduced hours. And when you start to look at households, if one person lost their job, that's really does a number on a household, you know? So I guess, how does Securian help here? And do they both tie in together when we're talking delinquencies, but we're also talking about protecting members from those unexpected emergencies, let's just say? To me, in my mind, they tie well together. <laughs> so. Here's the part where, you know, we get to live that kind of providing value to the members in a real sense, because anything we do to help out our members inadvertently helps us as well. So if you've added involuntary unemployment insurance to a loan. If you've added disability or life insurance to a loan, chances are nowadays those consumers weren't going to have those kind of protections. And we saw that at Securian. We paid out $270 million in benefits to our financial institution clients last year. And that helps the people out, the members out, but it also helps the financial institutions because that reduces the number of delinquencies. You know, and some of the stories we got, uh, we, you know, I just got one out of our out of our claims uh, area last week about someone who said, look, if I hadn't added disability to this, I don't know what I'd be doing uh, for a car right now. And those kind of things, they pull at the heartstrings. It, it's where we can really make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, th those stories are just uh, amazing. When you're looking forward, you know, we, we've seen a ton of disruption in financial institutions across the board over the past few years, fintech players coming in and 
I guess you could say non-banking entities, you know, I mean, Apple and Facebook are now huge banks, right? So what trends are you seeing, you know, going forward? You mentioned that personal connection, uh, you know, earlier when you were talking. What trends are you seeing, I guess, overall in financial services since you, you work with more than credit unions, but also like what do credit unions need to do to stay relevant going forward in your mind? Yeah, well, this is where I think credit unions are so well positioned from some of the bigger players. So what the people in rural South Carolina need is not the same as what they want in Washington, D.C., which is different than what they want in the heartland in Iowa. And so we really work with our credit unions to make sure we set up programs and uh, help them achieve what fits their clientele most. And it is one of the things I also love about the credit union marketplace is that we're not afraid to try things and they share information, right? You love going to conferences. You, you talk about this all the time. Yeah. I love going to conferences and I love to see the fact that credit unions are so open to sharing. And so that way they get to test things and learn. We don't find that in the other markets. And it's one of the unique things that I really think sets credit unions apart from other financial institutions. It's funny you say that because, you know, speaking with friends of mine who I started my career with before I got into credit unions, they're always blown away by how willing people are to share and collaborate with each other. And it's not looked at as a, you know, a, just a huge competition. And it's a, it's one of those beautiful things about credit unions. You're right. I couldn't agree yeah, more. Randy, one more thing on that crystal ball too. I think yeah. we're going to continue to look at that customer experience piece. We talked about that. That's going to drive things. The other one, and this has really served credit unions well too, is we're going to see a lot of regulatory change. I mean, that's been going on. I don't think anyone suspects it's going to slow down now. And so credit unions are just traditionally well-placed for that. We take the value to the members and put that out in front of profits and other things. And that's always served us well. And I suspect it will in the future too. So that that's, it brings up an interesting question because I think it's so timely. We obviously have a new administration now. So the new head of the NCUA was just announced yesterday, I think. I think, we, like you said, we all expect regulatory changes going forward. How does security and help there? I know you oversee compliance also when I read the intro. So yeah. any thoughts or hacks or, you know, I, recently, uh, you know, I'd say October, November, as we were leading up to the election, a lot of credit union CEOs were wondering what that regulatory landscape would look like. Any any thoughts on that? I know it wasn't in our yeah, well, prepared. <laughs> I, I do think it's going to, I think it's going to change. And you mentioned it before, we do serve a few other financial institution markets. We watched it move in a big way with the CFPB for banks. Yeah. And so that has some impact in the credit union marketplace. And some states are trying to pick that up and use that as well. Now, like I said before, I find credit unions are better positioned because of that value proposition to the member. But one of the things that Securian we constantly try to do is play out, well, what have we learned from some of those past experiences? And also, how could that look going forward? Because I, I do think CFPB or consumer kind of financial protection is going to be at the core of a lot of changes, whether or not it's at the state level or the federal level. That's interesting. That's that's, uh, that's good stuff there. I, I've got to throw this out there. What are you most excited about going forward <laughs> that you're doing at Security? Well, yeah, I am excited about some of those investments we're making in the future. I do think that a lot of change is coming. And so whether or not that's some of the things you mentioned before on the digital side or some of the other changes in products, you know, in the crisis, we tweaked our IUI, our involuntary unemployment coverage, to help cover more people. I think, you know, it, this wasn't really well publicized, but five years ago, what was interesting was retail or individual insurance was surpassed by group products. So more people get insurance and protection from their credit unions employers and employers than they do from retail advisors now. I mean, it was kind of silent, but the protection that I our credit unions provide 
is so important to that middle market because retail advisors focus on asset gathering and retirement. And so a lot of people are left without important kind of things that credit unions provide in addition to those important lending products. That is good stuff. I didn't realize. I honestly, that was, you just gave me, you said wasn't publicized that well, but it was new information, making me smarter. I love it. Um, you know, to wrap up the show, I like to have a little fun with some rapid fire questions. The questions are rapid. Your answers do not have to be. Was there a recent purchase? This is a, a new question to this show, but a recent purchase that you didn't know you needed, but now you're like, I can't live without it. And this is such a great COVID one. And so we just three weeks ago got a new puppy. And, no, uh, I was going to say it was either I, a puppy I, or a Peloton when you said a COVID yeah, one. So. It, it, that seems to be the biggest one. Yeah. So we got a new little Shih Tzu Maltese. And uh, yeah, no, my family, I have four kids. They are all in love with him. And uh, and so, yeah, that has been the one. I was like, uh, we already had one dog. I, I can't imagine. I'm just lucky he hasn't run across the screen while we've had our interview. That is, that's, uh, I love it. It's always good to have puppies around the house. So they might keep you up a little bit. But when you hear the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? It's my favorite question, by the way. (laughs) That's a really good one, right? I mean, on a more personal note, uh, I mentioned this before. I always think of my father. I learned so much from his business. You know, he was an entrepreneur in a small town, ran a family owned jewelry store. I learned a ton from him. Yeah. So I think on the bigger stage, right? Someone I've always kind of uh, been in awe of, at Warren Buffett. The fact that he lives in Omaha, does all the things he does, is still, you know, goes out to a state but doesn't live in a way, and is so much about giving back. Yeah, that's very cool, and that's it's always good to have a dad get a shout out. I'll tell you, a lot of times <laughs> mom does. So <laughs> the random question, like I said, it sounds like we're about the same age. What's the greatest album of all time? Oh. I think one that always sticks to me, I love you too. So I loved How to Dismantle and Atomic Bomb. I think one of my favorite albums, I still, you know, jam out on that one every now and then. It's it's funny. I always add uh, your two songs to any playlist I have in my earbuds as well. Is there a book that either you've gifted others or you think everybody should read? Okay, so this is a good one, right? Everyone always thinks that this is fake behind me. This one. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love this book here. So Angela Duckworth's Grit. And so I I just think it's so good. I actually, I paid each of my kids 20 bucks. You know, they're all capitalists, Randy. I'd read this book with me and then have a discussion about it. So this is one of my long all-time favorites. I I will tell you another one, though, that that I also really like. We're, We're doing, you know, with everything that happened this last year, we've been doing book circles at work. And so another really book, a really good book that we're is, So You Want to Talk About Race? by Angelin Olu, and it's a fabulous book. Another one, great conversations around our dinner table as, as we've read that book. I know that book. The other one I have not read yet, so you're adding to my book list, which I, I always appreciate. So if the calendar's empty, you, you mentioned four kids, a couple puppy, or a new puppy now. What, is, what does Bill do to recharge? I'll add to that. What does that work-life integration look like to you? <laughs> I'm sure everyone's been struggling with that. This, the, you know, the rule. I'm actually downstairs because those four kids are like, "Dad, you're too loud," and we're online learning, so you, you need to give us a little space. And uh, so, at the end of the day, when I come out of here, in particular, I love to run. I'm a runner, and there have been days when it's been I get done with work, and even when supper's ready, I'm like, "Oh, I need to decompress." And so that's when I'm also an outdoors person. So uh, I, I live up in uh, Minnesota. Love to get outdoors pretty much in every season right now, even uh, I love to take the dogs on those walks through the snow. So it, it is, uh, you know, it's a thing I love to do. 
That's, I think we have all been walking more this year. So that will be one of those interesting statistics to see once this thing is all over the past 12 months, right? So, you know, we will link to everything we talked about today in the show notes that go along with this video. Uh, my last question that I have for you, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or asks of our audience? Yeah, I, the one thing is, is we've kind of been talking today. The one thing I would focus on here is, you know, I would ask that credit unions continue to look for ways to evolve. You've done it for decades and uh, nothing's different except the piece of change is faster. I'll give you an example of some of the things we're doing at Securian. Uh, we know that that digital ecosystem is moving quicker than we can keep up. And so while we continue to do things internally, we look for partners, whether or not that's Allied Solutions or Franklin Madison. We even partnered with another insurance company here in the Twin Cities, Allianz, to work on an accelerator, which is really just a funding mechanism for InsurTech and FinTech. So I would urge all your credit union um, listeners to think about how can they find other partners? Because some of that you want to do yourself. But you can't do it all anymore. And so how do you create and take advantage of all the people around you in the community and in that in that broader ecosystem to really kind of drive and evolve your business? Gosh, you just reminded me of something. That's, that's so good. I've been reading a book recently called Thank You for Being Late by, I think his name's Thomas Friedman. I'll have to check that out for the show notes. But he talks about just that how the whole world has changed where we can all collaborate across the entire world right so it's uh that's i, I think what you said there is, is amazing thank you again bill for being on the show i greatly appreciate you being my guinea pig in our first so yeah, this was amazing and I, I look forward to the day that we can uh, all cross paths again soon so stay well my friend mm-hmm.